All right, so like I said, maybe if you have your Bible, um, you can open it up to Proverbs 4. And again, I'm not just saying this, man. I, I, I felt led, you know, to share in Proverbs 4. But Pastor Manny's been doing such an awesome job teaching through the Proverbs that I really um, am going to beg him that he just ignore and just teach, teach it again, okay? But Proverbs 4, we're going to read the first um, nine verses. Um, it says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. And give attention to no understanding. For I give good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her. And she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver you. Amen. And so, you know, the first thing that we see here in verse 1 is, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. The first word is that word here, here, and we know, right? We're, we're, we, we operate doing that every single day. We're hearing, we're hearing people talk to us. We're hearing from our devices, from the TV, from the news. That's all we're doing is hearing. The word here means listen, and it's a special word in the Hebrew because it's the word shama. Deuteronomy 6.4 is probably the most important prayer of a Jew, which is hero is the Lord our God is one. It's one of the most important things that a Jew can do. A Jewish father starts teaching his kids at the at the age of three, the Shema. They start practicing it with him. A Jewish father knows that you know a three year old doesn't doesn't is not going to fully get it, but nevertheless they start practicing it early so that he can plug away, so that they would have it in, in their heart. And we saw the same guidance uh, back in Proverbs 2.1 when, when Solomon wrote, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. We've all been guilty, right? I know I have of hearing but not listening, hearing but not receiving. And we need to make sure that we understand what that word means. We're going to talk about inclining. That, that really is what that word carries is is give attention drop everything that we have and give attention i am so guilty because a lot of the times i feel like i'm doing things at the last minute and people come up to me and they're talking talking to me and i feel so bad because i'm i'm doing one thing and i'm trying to listen when all reality what i should do is i should drop everything that i'm doing and listen and that's what god wants us wants us to do the 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 next word that the words that we see is the word my children my children. It's a typical introduction, um, you know, for the, the Proverbs. It's a, it's a, a dress that we see a lot, the, the, the sons, the, the, the children. But, but I hope that we don't miss the meaning in the repetition. This is a family thing. This is a very personal letter written by a father to his sons, to his children. Um, it, it, remember that song by the Pointer Sisters? We are family. It, there's a meaning to it. Um, you know, there's a there's a, a short saying. Uh, it, it's a phrase that carries a, a big meaning to it, and, and it's caring, it, it's sharing, and that's exactly 
what this father is doing to his children. Uh, John wrote, there is no greater joy that I have to hear that my children walk in the truth. As fathers, as parents, as mothers, nothing, especially Christian parents, nothing brings us more joy than to know that our children are walking in the truth. And it's tough being a parent, isn't it? I mean, you hear a lot of parents say in frustration that, you know, their children didn't come with an instruction manual, especially right now in this time of homeschooling. I, I, I think the homeschool parents are like, just like, hey, this is just everyday thing. But there's some parents um, that, that aren't used to doing that. And, and, and it's, it's hard. There's probably some anxiety, some frustration, and, and they might be just pulling their hair saying, I don't know how to do this right now. There's no instruction manual for it. But I, I would beg to differ there is. And, and, and the Jewish father was not just suggested to teach, he was commanded to teach the word of God to his children. Um, it's a Jewish command. Uh, you know, we can teach them math, and we can teach them English, and we can teach them the good, have good manners. But the greatest thing that we can teach our children is about God's love. The, the, the Jewish father, again, was commanded to teach just that. In Deuteronomy 11, 19, 19 through 20, it says you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of the Lord, of the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. My children here, um, of course, includes uh, his sons. It's, it's, a, it's a plural. But it also includes his grandchildren. I, I believe it also includes his daughters, his granddaughters. Four times Solomon addresses his children. Here in Proverbs chapter 4, in Proverbs 5, verse 7, in Proverbs 7, uh, verse 24, and in Proverbs 8, 32, and 64 times he addresses his son. And so this, this book, as practical as it may be, and, and as much as God intends to give us wisdom through it, is a family thing. It's a thing of the heart. God has given it to us. He wants to teach us. The next word that we see is the word instruction. It's the Hebrew word muzar, which speaks of discipline. It speaks of correction. It speaks of chastening. It speaks of checking. It speaks of rebuking. Instruction. You're to receive instruction. You know, I, I heard someone uh, say that there's no way any true father is going to let his children live around him in his home and not discipline, not teach, not fight, not mold until they know all that he knows. And above that, right, we want our children to do so much better than us. And some of our children, because they've been walking by the grace of God with us, with the Lord, have surpassed us, right? during our time when we were their age, and we want them to go even higher. It's such a blessing to be able to know that our Father is perfect and that we can never stop learning from Him. The goal is not to be their friend. Their goal is to teach them, to pour into them. It's good that we're friends with our children, but that should be a, a distant second to this responsibility that, that this, this Jewish father, all Jewish fathers, 
And so we see the word father. Um, and I was thinking, you know, a, a brother of mine had sent me something. It was probably during Father's Day. And, and it just, to me, it, it, it rang uh, so true, you know, because the, the social media graphic said, you know, at first your father is your hero. And as a teenager, he becomes a zero. He knows nothing. As a young adult, he's a thorn in your side. He's just a mosquito. And as a man, you realize he's, he's always been a soundboard of wisdom. He's your greatest hero, your greatest hero right um and that's so true you know when when i think of my son isaac he doesn't see my my my, my shortcomings he, he sees his dad but i've also you know raised other children where you know they they go through an age of rebellion and and they they think you don't know anything and then they go through that age where they just you just you're just a thorn on their side but our prayer as we continue to faithfully teach them as we continue to pour into them as long as they're willing to accept is that one day when they become a man they know that it was it was good teaching it was sound doctrine it was it was out of love i saw a visual that that said i thought about quitting i think we might have it and then i noticed who was watching and it's a it's a it's a picture of a of a, of a lion with its baby cub and and i i believe guys that that's the intent that god wanted a father to is someone to cheer you on is someone to check you when you need to be checked is someone to love you when you're down it's someone to challenge you when you think you're up and that's what a father uh, does that's what i see here um, through solomon's writing hear my children the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding attention means to hear but it also means to incline you know someone's paying attention when all of a sudden like i mentioned earlier they drop everything and they incline towards you that's the attention that it's asking that's what the writer of this proverb solomon is asking because what he has to deliver requires attention requires the utmost importance of your time um you, you see the word attend in that word attention. Where to attend to the individual. Understanding means to know, but it's much more than just know. It's knowledge that gives insight. It's the word yada. And I was just thinking as I was studying this today, it's funny, you're telling someone something and, you know, they mock you by saying yada, yada, yada. But that's exactly what the word means. It means knowledge. And, and I guess what they mean when they're saying that is, Hurry up, I know already what you're saying. Hurry up, hurry up. Or get on with it because I don't really want to hear it. But that word yada, knowledge, it requires us to, 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 to incline. It requires us to know that there's going to be insight in the information. So why should children give heed to a father's advice? Well, verse 2 tells us that. For I give you good doctrine give you good doctrine do not forsake my law good doctrine it means good teaching good teaching should be the motivation the source determines the quality and 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 man if if if, if you're a, a child at the age where your parents are still pouring into you i pray that you would understand that it's so sad that we don't understand that until we're already grown up. But I believe Solomon's heart here was that his child, I don't know the age of when he's, he's reaching out and ministering to them, but that they would understand then. Because it saves you from so much hurt, so much drama. That's our heart as fathers. 
Now, I'm not saying that parents can't be bad influences. Unfortunately, some of us have grown up with parents that were less than perfect. They didn't know the Lord. They did the best that they can, but they probably made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes as a parent. Maybe you're making mistakes or have made mistakes. But this father was confident in his doctrine. This father was confident in where this doctrine was being delivered out of, which is his heart, his love of a father. And ultimately, because he knew the Lord. Remember who gave Solomon the wisdom that he had. The love that he had was the Lord. God is love, the Bible says. And so, you know, whether they've made mistakes or not, we should still honor them in the office of parents. Um, but we, we got to understand what it says here. It's good doctrine. The motivation here not to forsake the law was because the source, the doctrine, was good. You know Pastor Chuck's philosophy for, for church growth? It was rather simple. He didn't have all these methods or different things like that. And when you, if, when you think about Pastor Chuck, those of you that know the history of Pastor Chuck and what God did through him, it's amazing, huh? Simple man. And if you don't know about Pastor Chuck, I would encourage you, research him, look him up. Look at the history of Calvary Chapel and see what God did through a man that just was simply surrendered, who simply believed in the power of God's word and how he wanted to pour out his Holy Spirit and touch people's lives through his word. His philosophy for growth was healthy sheep beget sheep. That's it. And God did an amazing thing. How are the sheep healthy? It's good doctrine. It's the word. It's, it's, you don't need to go out and tell people to go tell people. You just simply teach them the word. Allow God to reach their heart and they themselves will go out. I was talking to a couple uh, last Sunday and they were going to go to the beach and I was saying, you guys can, you know, maybe you can stroll at the beach and hold hands and it will be romantic. And the wife says, I hope we can pass out tracks for the Lord and I said wow man that put me to shame you know I think it's okay to do both but you know to have that heart to have that healthy heart because you've been giving good doctrine it says in verse 3 and 4 when I was my father's son tender and the only one in the side of my mother he also taught me and said to me let your heart retain my words keep my commands and live the lesson is in fact the grandfather's lesson to him I like Carlos because he tells me, my tata, he calls his grandpa tata. He says, my, my tata used to tell me this. My tata told me this in this situation. It was passed down. And that's exactly what Solomon David was doing. He was teaching his son what his dad had taught him. Solomon was saying, my dad taught me this. Now, you know, one commentator wrote, moreover, by quoting his father and setting him, himself up as an example, the father implies the um, antiquity of the teaching and his own sympathetic experience within the tradition, giving it authority and credibility. Basically saying, this is something that I heard. This is something that was taught to me. It, it was passed down to me. It gives the advice authority and it gives it credibility. That's a good tradition. Sometimes, you know, us Calvary Chapians, we, 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 we kind of throw the tradition out with the, with, with the uh, bathwater, right? Throw the baby out with the bathwater. But that's good tradition. We should have that tradition where we're teaching our kids and one day our kids will say, my dad, my mom, my aunt, my uncle, my brother taught me this and I'm telling you this. 
should be passed down. Again, some of us have had bad examples, bad traditions. Some, some of us have had good examples, good traditions. Uh, Bruce uh, Walke says, breaking the bad cycles and continuing the good ones are what wise parenting entails. Proverbs 22, uh, 26 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from me. That doesn't mean that a child won't ever drift. Many of us are praying huh, for our prodigals. But what it means is that because you did your best in giving them good doctrine and giving them the word and giving them and showing them God's love, that the chances of them retaining it in their heart, even in the blackness of their heart at that season, that they might retain it. Really, that's what this proverb is all about. This father already taught what he's reminding his sons is to retain what has already been taught. The father's already given his, his, his children good doctrine. This was a, 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 a beseeching to remember it, to not forget it, to not go to the left or to the right. Psalm 119, verses 10 through 11, tells us, With my whole heart I have sought you. Well, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to be in the word of God. The word of God is the tool. It's, it's the power that God uses to keep us close to him, to keep us guarded from that temptation, from the flesh, from the enemy. Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Pastor Manny always teaches us that when we read something like that, we have to remember that it's a general promise and not an absolute promise. It doesn't mean that you know if you, if you retain the words, you keep commands and you're going to live a long time but I'll tell you the life that you will live you will live in abundance you will live because that's what we were created for is to live the life that God has called us to verse 5 through 9 it says get wisdom with an exclamation mark so we're going to read it again get wisdom get understanding do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth do not forsake her and she will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, verse 8 says, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. It's almost like this father is saying, hey, go seek out this bride and seek all these qualities in her. When you have her, when you find her, make sure that you hold on to her. Make sure that you treat her delicate. Make sure that you pour into her. Make sure that you guard her. This was passed down doctrine again, let me remind you. You know, we instill in our kids, get education, get, get a career, get the right mate, get the right house, get the right dog, get the right children. Side note real quick. I remember uh, a pastor who said that he, isn't a, he was never afraid to die, but that he had made a deal with the Lord that God would allow him to live only as long as his children had children so they would see how hard it was. <laughs> Maybe that's some of our sentiments. But the thing is, instead of getting all these different things, what we should get, even though those things are good, is get wisdom, get understanding. That's what's going to carry us. The principal thing is getting wisdom because wisdom equates to getting understanding. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. 
Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting, get understanding. Get, the word get means to purchase. It means to go out and work for it. It's going to cost you, but it's, it's, worth, it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the cost. Remember, Pastor Manny's been teaching us wisdom is the application of knowledge. If you don't forget her, she will preserve you. If you love her, she will keep you. If you lift her up, she will promote you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. This reminds me of, of God's graciousness. When we honor him, when we heed his voice and we obey him, when we serve him. And by the way, that's all him. That's all him because we wouldn't be serving if it was up to us. We know where we would be if it was up to us. So it's God's grace. Yet when we do those things, he so graciously allows us to reap the benefits. He shares. He shares the benefits with us. That's how gracious God is. So the Father's advice continues. Read with me in verses 10 through 13. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Verse 13, take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. Again, there in verse 10, it's a general promise, not an absolute. But if we eat better, guys, let's face it, right? Chances are we're going to live better and live longer. And so, so the same thing with the Lord. We're going to live, whether we live till we're 18 or we live... So like my neighbor who's 103, 104, amazing. And she's still going strong. We're going to live an abundant life when we're doing it God's way. We're not going to live. We're going to be without peace, without tranquility, without purpose when we do things our way. Verse 11, again, the Father's job is done. He, he gave out uh, the admonition he, he, he was the right example to his sons. And I know you might be thinking, but wait a minute, Henry, you're talking about Solomon here. Don't you remember? Yes, but God can use our past to teach. God can use our past and lift us up as trophies of grace. And I remember Solomon's heart, we don't know, right? How, how long, you know, the temptation and him being steered, but his, his heart was God's heart. He had God's wisdom in him. And, and, and it's evident here as he's teaching his sons. A lot of times we teach our sons, we might even let them know some of the things that we've done, but it's never for the, the, the purpose of gloating it so that they don't do the same thing, so that they would learn from our mistakes, right? There's a saying that we learn the easy way, which is God's word. We learn through other people's experiences and our children can learn from ours. Or, sadly, the last one is, we learn from our own experiences. And I wouldn't even say that's the last one because Pastor Manny reminds us that some people don't learn at all. And so we have to learn and preferably we learn from other people's experiences. All parents need to encourage their children even though they've, they've done, even though they've raised them, even though they've poured into them since they were little. And many feel like, okay, they're 18, they're 20, they're out of the house they need to start living on their own and there's some truth to that there's some truth to that sometimes we hold our children back when we don't do that but we don't never stop pouring into them they're always going to be our our, our children uh, there was a, a a quote that i read that that you know a, a, a man never stands taller than when he's kneeling for his child 
and it's 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 a cool thing to think about because eventually our children become adults, but they never stop being our children, and, and the fact that that we never stand taller than when we're kneeling for our children also depicts the fact that no matter what age they are, we could be praying for them. We could be standing in the cap for them. We can continue to admonish them and encourage them to retain those things that we taught them, that the Lord is good, that he has a plan, that he has a purpose, that the devil has an agenda, but God has one, a greater one. Verse 12 says the steps that we take determine where we want to go. And that's so true, huh? You're going to see, you know, later on how Solomon, he talks about the different body parts, our eyes, our mouth, our feet. And it, it reminded me of, of Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We need to encourage our kids in their walk. We need to remind them to continue to walk. And if they veer to the left or the right, we need to remind them to come back. In fact, we need to understand that if that we're God's children and if we're doing that, he's pouring into us and reminding us. Retain those things that I've put in your heart. Verse 13 talks about taking firm uh, hold of instruction. Don't let go. Keep her for she is your life, it, it, it says. Take firm hold. This speaks of endurance, guys. Holding something. Have you ever held? I remember when I went to camp as a kid and I was goofing off. And the camp leader said, all right, you want to goof off? I want you to stand right there and I want you to pick up two little pebbles and I want you to hold them out. And I thought, this guy is kind of off because like, what does a little pebble weigh, right? And so I was there, I kind of first mocking and laughing, you know. But after a while, it, it, it got heavy. It gets heavy sometimes. The whole This speaks of, of endurance. It speaks of duration. It, it's a reminder that it's not how we start, but how we finish this walk. That's why it's so important right now in, in this interruption, in, in this distancing orders that we have, that we remain close. We remain close to the Lord. We remain close to each other because the devil wants to use this time to isolate us and to drift us away. Take from hold. It reminds me of Hebrews 3.14 for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We need to hold on. Verse 14 through 17, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Verse 14 is an interesting verse because there's, we've been going through the Proverbs um, as men on Saturdays. And again, a plug for you men on Saturdays, we get together on Zoom. Just sign up on our website, and uh, we'll send you a link on Saturday morning to join us for the prayer in Proverbs. It's, in a, it's been a blessing the last couple of weeks. But we've been going through the Proverbs because we need them. We're knuckleheads. We call it the knucklehead club, by the way. We're knuckleheads, and we need God's wisdom. 
So as we've gone over the years through the Proverbs, every time we get to that section of Proverbs 7, 7 through 9, which I'm going to read to you, it says, And I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youth, a young man devoid of understanding passing along the street near her corner. I think you can understand that this is probably explaining something that is not wise. It says, He took the path to her house. And in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, she got him. He was caught. And, And we always say, look, don't even go down her corner. Don't go down her block. Don't go into her city. Take the long route around her. What are you doing there? And that's kind of... What, what it reminds me, don't enter the path of the wicked. Don't walk in the way of evil. Don't have the same swag as them. Walk different. Walk upright. Walk holy. Go round. Again, take the long way. Verses 16 and 17. For they do not sleep unless they've done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness. And drink the wine of violence. This speaks of a lack of peace that some people have unless they're involved in the planning and the execution of evil. And I, I know that some of you may be thinking, wow, like that's kind of heavy, Henry. Like for someone to lose their sleep unless they're planning, they're executing evil. I'm a perfect example of that. You know, when you're at night on your pillow, you start recounting your days and you start thinking about it. All of a sudden you start thinking of, you know, these different things and these things that you've been involved with and these lies that you got caught up with. And you start thinking, well, how do I get myself and how do I make sure I continue executing? And you start thinking when instead we should be thinking on the Lord. This speaks of someone that is not saved, and someone that is not saved is not going to understand you telling them, hey, I'm walking straight now. I'm walking with the Lord. Some friends do. I've always uh, remembered the saying that half of a person wants to see you fail because it appeases their conscience, and the other half of them wants to see you succeed because it gives them hope that they too can change. But for the most part, they're not going to understand. They're going to try to lure you. We're going through the book of Nehemiah on uh, Wednesdays, and the enemy was always trying to lure Nehemiah away. And that's what these people will do. They're being led by the enemy. You have to watch out who you call a friend. You've got to be friendly. You've got to be loving for the sake of sharing the gospel and being hope to them, but you've got to be careful who you call a friend. So now we read the contrast. Look what it says in verses uh, 18 through, through 19. Um, it says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They don't know what makes sense. stumble. The, the contrast is, is bright as the sun here, guys. That's what it's telling us here. The contrast between the wicked and the righteous. And remember, our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. Prior to us having the righteousness of God, we were wicked. We had darkness over us. We didn't understand it. We were blind. Those who stay close to wisdom, described in in verses 5 through 9, they will walk in daylight as opposed to walking in blindness. 
You ever get up in the middle of the night and, you know, maybe you don't want to wake people up in your house and you got to go get a drink of water or go to the bathroom and you decide to, to, to not turn on the lights and, and boom, you hit your shin on the dresser. That's happened to me many times. It hurts. And that's what happens when you walk in darkness. That's what's happening to these people that have no light. But we, we have the light, regardless of the darkness that we live in. Psalm 27, uh, the first part of verse 1, reminds us the Lord is my light. The Lord is our light. So the proverb closes with a reminder not to swerve to the left or to the right. Again, this is a reminder from a father that his children would retain those things that he's poured into them. It says in verse 20, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Again, verse 20, it's a call to attention, a call to a special inclination. You need to give attention to these words that I'm sharing with you, son. I know that you don't want to hear them. I know that you know better, but there's a purpose. They come from a source of love. I've been there. I've gone through things. Let me share as the Lord leads what I've gone through. Let me share the things that God has graciously saved me from so that you don't have to go into the same pits that I fell into. Pay attention. Verses 21 and 22 is words of wisdom. Keep wisdom in the front view. Keep that, that heart to always have wisdom right before you. Be asking God for wisdom every single day. It's interesting to me that this is Solomon who had the most wisdom of every man, and yet he still lacked wisdom in parts of his life, huh? And he was encouraging his children, his sons, his grandsons, his daughters, his granddaughters to seek wisdom, to pay attention because what he was about to tell them, what he was telling them and sharing with them was of vital importance. Get wisdom. Give attention to my words and clear your ears to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and, and, and help to all their flesh. God wrote this love letter to cleanse us. He wrote his word to protect us. He wrote his word to guide us. He wrote his word so that we can be looking for him. We can be expecting his return. He wrote his word so that we can have peace. Keep your heart with all diligence. What an important verse, huh? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Let me ask you a question. How many times in the world did you say, I just want to be led by my heart? I'm following my heart. My heart is telling me to do this. I know I'm married, but I love this girl, and my heart is telling me, boy, man, I 
hope you know that the Bible says that the heart is wicked. It is deceitful. And I pray that like this proverb in verse 23 tells us that we're to keep our heart with all diligence. That means you're mindful of your heart. You're, you're, you're checking it. You're, you're, you're sweeping it. I, I have to clean the back of our house um, and the other day I was dusting and my son Max was helping me and, and, and it's still dirty. I got to take a pressure washer to the thing. Sometimes we got to take a pressure washer to our heart. We got to clean it because it, it, it gets filthy. It's dirty. The heart, you know, it's an organ. But the Bible describes it as the seat of our emotions. It's what leads us. It's the engine. And so we got to make sure that our heart is, is right. I, I like Solomon's call here and, and, and how he, he, he mentions our body parts, right? He, you know, he talks about the eyes. He talks about the heart. He talks about the feet. He talks about the mouth. The eyes, he shares in verse 21 and 25, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyes look right before you. They're, they're, they're described by Jesus as the lamp of our soul, the lamp of our eye. In fact, Jesus in 6, and 23 says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if you got bad vision, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We've got to make sure that we, we protect these eyes. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, we got to, you know, especially as men, man, we got to make sure that we, we, we put on those horse blinders, man. We just look straight ahead. It talks about the, the heart in verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The Bible tells us that our mouth is an indication of where our heart is. In Luke 6.45, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So you've got to take a, a, a pressure washer. You've got to make sure you're constantly um, keeping tabs on your heart. Keep it with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. I have a, a sign in my office, if you've ever walked in, um, that I, I really love. It's a small little sign um, that basically says, Lord, keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand over our mouth. Why do we need to guard our eyes, guard our heart, guard our mouth? Our mouth, as has been said, is an indicator of, of our heart, huh? Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then it, it, it touches, in verse 26 and 27, about our feet. Our feet take, takes us places. Our feet takes us places where we want to go. want to go that way. Our feet helps us to go there. And we need to be praying. We need to be praying, asking God to guide our steps. Psalm 119, 133, it's a prayer. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. 
in Psalm 17, 5, uphold my steps in your path, that my footsteps may not slip. We, we have to ask God to direct our steps. We have to ask God to keep us on that straight and narrow path. We have to ask God for help. We have to be, t- totally be dependent on the Lord. We have to do what we have to do. We have to know that apart from God, we can do nothing. We have to ask him for our marching orders. That's really what this proverb is all about. It's a father's heart to his children. It's our father's heart to his children, to you. Get wisdom. Get understanding. It's okay to have all these things. It's okay to work your your way up in the job. If God promotes you, praise God. Give him the glory. But our main motivation should be his glory. And the way that we achieve that is if we walk in wisdom. If we're seeking him for every step that we take. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. I like that because he didn't say, hear, my children, the instruction of your father. He said, hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Which is, again, going back to what I originally state, our need, our need for fathers. Some of you guys know my story. I didn't grow up with a father. I never knew my father. Lately, I've had the opportunity to be able to connect. It hasn't worked out. We're still praying, but I've connected with a brother and a sister, and I praise God for that. But how I needed a father in my life, how important that is, how you fathers, your children need you. Your children need you desperately. They need you to pour into them, and that really is Solomon's heart here through the Proverbs, through Proverbs 4, and in all reality, through all the Proverbs. And then you take it to a, a higher level. That's God's heart for us, to teach us, to walk practical, to walk in wisdom, to, to not be uh, fools, like Pastor Manny has been reminding us, F-O-O-L-S, but to have a full life, F-U-L-L. Amen? And, and as we heed to his voice, as we ask and we seek the power of his Holy Spirit, as we draw close to his word, as we um, live our lives in light of the grace that he's already shown us, then I believe that God, with all liberality, will give us the wisdom, just like he gave Solomon, if we ask for it, if we seek it with all our heart, to be able to live lives that will bring him glory, that will be good examples to our children and to those around us. And that will be a sound for our own lives, whatever days he's given us. Amen.